Good morning, everyone. Good morning, siblings and friends, brothers and sisters, and everyone on-site and online for joining us this Sunday morning, right, for a time of worship and encountering God. All right. So we are into the sermon series. You know, can people online, maybe I invite people online, right, um, to first type out, right, if you still remember what sermon series we are in. All right. And for people on-site, anyone know what sermon series we are in for this, this season? Anybody shouting out? All right, Sen? All right. So we are in the sermon series of Becoming. And uh, in the last two weeks, right, we visited the message of the... Uh, the we, we, we studied and uh, had our preachers and our pastors to share about the parable of the sowers. And for this week, right, it's about um, our beloved Yerk is actually sharing a message on waiting. All right. Because after sowing the seeds, right, not in, don't, you don't immediately go out of the field and say, I harvest... Alright, and so it's a time of waiting, but let us, you know, like anticipate and let us be open to the message and the word of God. So before we start for the day, right, I'd like to invite everyone online and on-site, right, to greet one another. Don't worry, I don't need to go there and like, it's not speed dating, alright. Turn to one another, left, right, up, uh, no, I'm not up lah. Front and back, okay, just wave to one another, okay, just say hi, share your love, you can do the Korean, like uh, the love ship. I like to do to my partner, love ship, right? Okay, and then smiles in the eyes, right? So that we, we share this connection with one another because we seek God not as individuals only, but in and through and as a community. So whether you're online or on-site, we are all gathered together and joined together in and through the love of our Christ Jesus. All right, let us prepare our hearts and prepare our hearts to be opened to encounter our Lord by responding to the call to worship. So for those on site, may I invite those willing and able to stand uh, together All right, to respond to the call to worship. Hungry for meaning. Welcome home. Thirsty for purpose. Welcome home. Yearning for com- comfort. Welcome home. Burning for challenge. Welcome home. Ready for learning. Welcome home. Eager for serving. Welcome home and welcome to worship. So I invite everyone on site. And if you are at home, you know, maybe you want to get yourself warmed up, right? Because for the first song, you know, let us get a little bit more uh, energetic, alright? Not, not every week we are doing, contem- being, doing being contemplative. Alright, sometimes uh, the, there must be joy also, right? So I invite everyone to you know, get active, to join our worship team together in our counting our Lord you know, through uh, the worship. Banner. How rare. 
Will you join me in a word of prayer? O oh God, maker of all that is beautiful, Jesus gave us the seeds of your justice and peace. So in this time together, touch us, teach us, inspire us to sow those seeds through our lives, through our ministries, because all people are your beloved across races, nationalities, religions, identities and orientations and all the ways that we're distinctive from one another. We are all manifestations of your image. We are bound together in an inescapable network of mutuality and tied to a single garment of destiny. God, you call us into your unending work of justice, peace, and love. And we long to co-create with you the beloved community, which looks to the common good and creates societal systems which celebrate the humanity and the gifts of all. And yet often we focus on our differences, envy each other's gifts, devalue manifestations of you, O oh God, that are not like our own. Perhaps our sin is a slow wait for justice. We allow the voices of brothers and sisters who do not look like us, love like us, or worship like us to be silenced. We have told them to wait for freedom, justice, and equality. Lord, have mercy. Or perhaps we have kept silence ourselves in the face of their struggle for human life, for fullness of life. For it is not solely hateful words and actions, but also appalling silence that follows the path of oppression. Christ, have mercy. Let us know your presence among us now. Let us delight in our diversity that offers glimpses of the mosaic of your beauty. Strengthen us with your steadfast love and transform our despairing fatigue into hope-filled action. Under the shadow of your wings in this hour, may we find rest and strength 
renewal and hope. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. These are the days of Elijah Declaring the word of the Lord And these are the days of your servant Moses Righteousness being restored Though these are the days of great trials Of famine and darkness and sword Still we are the voice in the desert crying prepare the way of the lord behold he comes riding like the clouds shining like the sun at the trumpet call so lift your voice it's the year of jubilee and out of zion's youth salvation And these are the days of Ezekiel The dry bones becoming as flesh And these are the days of your servant David Rebuilding a temple of praise And these are the days of the harvest For the fields are as wide in the world And we we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet calls, so lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and our science heals salvation. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, and the trumpet calls, so lift your voice, it's a yell of jubilee, and I love Zion, you salvation come. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun.
Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning, everybody on site. Good morning, everybody online. My name is Jörg, and I have the privilege to um, give the message to you today. As always, we encourage you to participate in shaping this message by um, either downloading the QR code or logging into menti.com. Um, the user code for today is Waiting. It's hard, isn't it? But with every process of becoming, there's a waiting involved. Patience. So let me start today with a question. And the question is, what are you waiting for? In your life, right now, this morning, this October. Is there anything that you're waiting for in your work, in your relationships? Because I do think we're all always waiting for something. So, you said you're waiting for a sign from God. Aren't we all? Isn't our prayer always, please God, let me see. Show me. Show me what you want me to do. Show me what's next. To get promoted and to get more money. Fair enough. Fair enough. New home. Place where we feel comfortable that we call our own. Boyfriend, girlfriend, yes, relationship. Maybe just to wait for it is not enough, but uh, it's something that we're all kind of uh, um, waiting for, many of us. Healing. COVID to end. I guess we can all agree that this is something that uh, many people are waiting for. Guidance from God and opportunities for our lives. A permanent job offer, yes. It's important, especially these days. For the right time to ask someone out. See, that's not just waiting for the partner, that's doing something, but waiting for just the right time. A booster jab, yes. COVID situation to improve. To travel again. 
haven't we all been waiting for travel for such a long time? For, for better job opportunities, genuine friendships, waiting to become a better human, wow, waiting to be fulfilling God's work in my life, yes. To know what God may want me to go to or do in short or long term, yes. Forgot to grant what I'm asking for, right? Maybe we have already asked but haven't received an answer yet. So we're waiting. We're saying, please God, tell me. Let me know. The world to go back to normal, yes. It's a daily prayer for many people. COVID to end, going back to life before COVID. What's next? I think if, if there's a summary, it's kind of, yeah, we're waiting for what's the next thing? What's the next step for our lives, for our relationships, for our work, for our everything, for our world? See, many of those things we can relate to and I think many of those are true for many of us. For me personally, the one thing that really struck me as a waiting period, and it's been mentioned many times, was COVID. When COVID happened, suddenly I found myself with less to do, also less income. I work with brands on branding. Suddenly nobody cares about branding. Everybody cares about survival as a brand. Um, so, less to do, no travel, right? Many of you have said travel. A bit of teaching, okay. A lot of it online and a lot, a lot of waiting. And personally, I find waiting very hard because I have no patience. I want results now. Maybe it's a, it's a German thing. But maybe it's also a Singaporean thing, right? The last two Sundays, Pauline and Gary spoke about sowing. Sowing good seeds that will bear good fruit. But only, as Jimmy reminded us, after a period of waiting. Let me move the parables from the field a little bit closer into our HDBs. Recently, I was at a jury for startups for SMU's incubator and amongst, there were many great ideas, but the one idea that really stuck with me was an idea that captured my imagination and it was a coaster, I mentioned to you last week, right? It was a coaster you put under your plant and it measures the health of the plant and it corresponds with an app, and that app tells you whether it needs more water, less water, more sun, less sun, nutrients, or something. And at the same time, you go online, you also have a community of other plant lovers that you can discuss with what's the best thing to do with your whatever plant that is. So to me, that was a really, really interesting idea and something that I would really need because it's the perfect app for me because I'm, I'm also impatient when it comes to plants. I don't have any plants and there's a reason for it because 
I can't wait. It's nice, they're nice to have, but you know, they start small and I want to will them to grow, right? I mean, I'm not trying to pull them up, but what do you do when you will something to grow? You give it more water, right? I once killed a perfectly good 80-year-old bonsai like that in Korea um, because I gave it too much water. Or maybe the cleaning lady also gave it water at night secretly, and so we both watered it, but forever, for whatever reason, it died, which was, which was really, really sad. But um, I didn't have the patience to wait and let it grow on its own. So as I was complaining a few months ago, complaining about the wait due to COVID, about being in limbo to a friend of mine who's a missionary in South Africa. So they go to the townships and distribute food and talk to people and support schools and everything, um, which, is, which is a great thing to do. And, uh, and around Cape Town, uh, those some of those townships, murder capital of the world. Um, I complained about, oh, terrible, in limbo, don't know what's next. So he texted me back on Signal and said, maybe you're having an Elijah moment. Elijah moment? So I have to admit, yes, I know Elijah, prophet, messenger from God, but... I had to go to my Bible to kind of refresh and uh, get back some of the memory that was stuck there somewhere about what he did. So how about you? Maybe your memory is better, younger than mine, and, uh, and maybe you still have a few ideas about what he did. So let me ask you, what do you remember? What were the main deeds of Elijah? What comes to mind when you hear Elijah. We just sang the days of Elijah. And, uh, and what do you remember of his life? He had quite a, an interesting life and, uh, and did a quite a, cool, a few cool things. Also quite a cocky guy. Um, and um, yeah, so you remember many things. And I hope they're without Googling. So uh, in cave, We'll come back to that. Um, chariots of fire. Yes, something to do with fire, with lightning that came down from heaven. Called on fire from heaven. Uh, leaving a chariot. Fire from heaven. Showdown with the Baal priest. Yes. Um, he was somewhere. Was it a cave? Yeah, but, you know, somewhere. Never died. Okay. Fighting Baal's prophets and killed them all. Um, asking God to kill himself after doing a big miracle, went into hiding, being grouchy, um, <clears throat> handed over to Elisha, yes, um, and uh, one against 250, raised a boy back to life, very good. God is not in the fire, the earthquake, but in the absolute silence, waiting for God, battle with the prophets of Baal. So there's a few things, and I think you've yeah, widow. You've, you've got them all, um, so really well done, um, and thank you for, um, for sharing that. Um, so he did quite a few amazing things. So um, he was a prophet. Um, he came from Tishbe in Gilead, 
And uh, by the way, he's also um, accepted uh, as a prophet in the Quran. So um, many of the same stories are in the Quran. He's called Ilyas in the Quran. Um, and during this time that we're talking about, um, in the 9th century BC, so let me go back to, this is him. Um, during this time, 900 years before um, uh, Christ was born, there were two kingdoms in Israel. So Israel had split into two kingdoms. One was in the south, and it was called the kingdom of Judah, and they had Jerusalem, which is like the crown jewel, right? Um, and uh, the other one was more in the north, and it was called the kingdom of Israel. So you had Judah and you had Israel. So the king of the kingdom of Israel in the north, his name was what? Omri. Sounds like some tech company, right? Om Omri. Um, so Omri, um, he couldn't position himself, brand himself as the um, protector of the faith because he didn't have Jerusalem. So, you know, that was something that the South was much better at with much more justification. So he thought, okay, what else can he do? So he said, okay, we'll be tolerant. We'll be open. We'll be a bit laissez-faire. We allow other religions. It's fine, right? So, um, so that's the kind of framework he created. And... Uh, Obviously, if you're open like that, um, the most prevalent, the strongest local uh, faith kind of pops up, and that was a faith, as we've heard in your comments, in a god called Baal. And a uh, super important god um, for the Canaanites. Um, by the way, um, also the god of dew and water and, and rivers and all of that, which will become interesting a little bit later on. So, um, the king's son, Ahab, even married um, a woman who was a princess, but he was, she was also a priestess of Baal. Her name was Jezebel. And the Bible has some interesting stories about um, Jezebel, which was probably a kind of, kind of um, political marriage, but uh, it served them right. But obviously, what Jezebel did, as soon as Ahab became king and she became queen, she invited all these priests, because she was a priestess, right, of Baal to come into the country and uh, push forward this kind of religion. How did God feel about it? God wasn't happy. God wasn't happy, so he sends Elijah. So this is the first time we hear about Elijah. He sends Elijah, whose name, by the way, is, means, my God is Yahweh. So, not Baal, right? So, statement name, my God is Yahweh. Um, it's almost like a bumper sticker, right? Um, so, he calls Elijah, and he sends him to speak truth to power to King Ahab, who had just taken the throne from his father. So, here is where today's little story takes place, and I will get to that in a minute. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened afterwards, what happened then. Because later, after today, um, God told him all the things you said to stay with a certain widower, and um, Elijah goes there, and as I said, he's a bit cocky, so uh, he says, okay, God has sent me here, hello, 
um, give me food. And the widow is like, uh, we don't have any food. We just have a little bit of food. And I need this for myself and my son. Elijah's like, never mind, give, give. And she's like, but, you know, she's, God will provide. So she's like, mm, okay. And she gives him the last of her food. And then Elijah prays after he eats it. He prays and then manna from heaven comes, food from God, and yes, fulfilled the province. Promise. And then um, a little bit later on, also something you mentioned, her son, her only son dies. And she goes to Elijah, she says, you're such a powerful prophet from God. Can you bring him back to life? And Elijah is like, okay. So he resurrects the widow's son and brings him back to life, which is, by the way, the very first resurrection in the Old Testament. And a little bit later, the story that some of you uh, mentioned, which, makes me, uh, which is the one that makes me say he was a bit cocky, where... Uh, he goes back to the king and said, listen, your bar God is nothing. It's just, it's nothing. It's imagination. It doesn't exist. And uh, my God is the most powerful Yahweh God. And, and uh, the king says, okay, can you prove it? So he says, okay, I'll prove it to you. So they built those two altars, right, on the mountain. At least these are the pictures, right? Um, and uh, those two altars. And it's a very simple competition. The one who gets their God to light up the altar, the fire on the altar, so they can um, sacrifice the animals, wins, right? So first the bar priests start. So around the altar, pray, 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 pray the whole day, pray the whole night. Nothing happens. So Elijah's like, where's your God? Maybe he went for a nap after lunch. Maybe he went for a walk. Maybe you should try again later when he's back. So he's actually teasing them. And uh, they pray, pray, pray to Baal. Nothing happens. Okay, then failed. Then it's Elijah's way. So he's standing in front of his big altar. And he's like, okay, now... For my next trick, he didn't say that, but he said, let me make it even harder. Give me water, water, water. And he pours water all over the altar, all around the altar, makes everything dripping wet to make it even harder because he's so confident. And then he prays. And then, as you said in your comments, lightning strikes the altar and everything bursts into flames. And that convinces the king and he restores the religion, and all the bad priests get killed. Old Testament. Okay? So that's what he did. But for this very first job, so we're going back in time. For the very first job, God sends Elijah to Ahab, the king, to tell him to turn away from Baal. So he hasn't made that decision. No proof has been no demonstration has happened. So God says, okay, you go to him and you tell him he must return to God. Or else. Old Testament is very or else, right? So in this time, or else there will, there will be a big drought in the land. So no water, which is almost a little bit of a 
challenge to Baal, right? Because remember, he was the god of water and dew and rivers and all of that, right? So to choose that was also quite kind of, kind of tongue-in-cheek from God, right? To say, this is going to be the one. Not fire, not, not anything else, but water drought. Okay, so Elijah goes, says that, and then he goes away. Can you imagine how Elijah felt? This was his first job. God had selected him as a prophet and sent him to a mighty king to speak truth to power. And he did because he believed. So for him, he probably thought, this is only the beginning. I have a big prophet career ahead of me. Like you feel when it's your first day at school or your first day in the new job. You feel like, oh, this is just the beginning. I am ready to go. And then God says, stop. In the name of love, maybe, but still, stop. Or to my Singaporean audience, wait, ah. Or like Mr. Kiasu used to say, ah, wait, wait, wait. So wait, stop. Because Why? Because the situation was a little bit dangerous for Elijah. Because kings don't like cocky prophets telling them what to do. Because they're all powerful. So it was a bit tricky and uh, a bit dangerous. So God did the one thing that has for all times protected people from danger. He issued SHN to Elijah, stay home notice, right, at a dedicated facility. That dedicated facility probably wasn't a cave, but feels like a cave in memory. It was a place in the middle of nowhere, socially very much distanced. There was nobody there. He was all by himself. So God says, you go there, to that spot in the middle of nowhere and lay low. Wait. But God, that's impossible. What shall I eat? I can't go to the market. I will send ravens to bring you bread and meat twice a day. Kind of food raven, right? Food raven delivery. But God, how about water? Duh, there's a brook f flowing right next to you. You can drink from it. Okay. But God, how long is it going to last? Silence. So Elijah sat there, waiting. In limbo. Asking some of the questions that you have asked earlier. When will this end? How much longer? His bodily needs were taken care of through deliveries. The bread and the meat were thrown down, probably with some budget, but the Bible is silent about that. But socially distanced from anybody else, just waiting. Probably thinking about the future. 
maybe in the process of becoming a new, a better version of a prophet, but maybe also unaware of it. Having an Elijah moment. He probably didn't call it that because all his moments were Elijah moments, right? And then, after some time, we don't know how long, the brook dries up. Ah, the drought has arrived. But God, no more water, how? And God sends him to set widow with the son that will soon die, but is still alive. And that's when the story continues. Maybe you thought I exaggerated my retelling. Let's look at the actual scripture. So Elijah announces a great drought, right? Elijah, the Tishbite, comes from Tishbe, uh, in Gilead, said to Ahab, the king, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain, Baal cannot make it, right, in the next few years, except at my word, except if I say so. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, S-H-N, turn eastward and hide in the Kerith ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. All right? Food raven. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. <laughs> Sounds a bit boring diet, right? Uh, but still, it's food, right? And he drank from the brook. Okay. And waited until eventually, sometime later, a month, a year, 20 months, we don't know. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So my next question is, why am I telling you all this? No, but my next question is maybe slightly better. What can we learn from Elijah for our lives, if we take that experience, the waiting experience by the brook with food raven delivery, no other people around, socially distanced, if we apply that to our waiting situations, is there anything we can take out for ourselves? Is there any way we can make it relevant to our lives? Okay, God will provide. Yes, just like God provided Elijah, He will also provide us. Trust that God has a plan, even though we can't see it. I like it. There is a plan. We can't see the plan sometimes, but there is a plan. Obedience and complete trust in God. Elijah didn't say, are you kidding me? I'm not sitting in the middle of nowhere. He, 
did it. God sees where we are and knows what we need in the moment even when we can't. Yes. Trusting God that God will provide our Jehovah Jireh. God knows and will provide. Waiting requires faith. I think that's very true. It's still hard, even if you have faith. Using the time to do more meaningful things. Okay, yes. Use the time. Right? It was maybe a bit limited for him. He couldn't do any baking class. But, um, yeah, meaningful things. Reflection, maybe. Growth. Becoming, maybe. Practice of faith and patience. He has his time and plan for everything. Relying and totally trusting that the God will provide. Unpredictable events happen. True. Not just there. Now, right? It happens. Nobody predicted COVID. It happened. Patience is key. Follow God's spirit. Trust God that where God leads, there will be provision. Even in our uncertainty, we can be certain about God. Yeah, God humbles us, yes. Sometimes we think we're so great, right? We can do everything. We don't need God, right? And then suddenly we find ourselves in a situation where we're like, whoa, I, you know, yeah, maybe I should pray. To treasure what the little I have and it still sustains me with what I need, yes. Humbling ourselves. God will send people to help and he will encourage, yes. God provided the widow. Fear, not even when I'm alone. Gifted and powerful, but need not be cocky, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a lot of things that, that we can learn, that we can take from this moment, right? So this is why I was so impressed that my missionary friend said, oh, you're having an Elijah moment. It's like, what? But now I can see it, right? Now I can see why. And for me, the first thing that I learned was patience. And the realization that I'm not the first person in this situation, right? Actually, I sent the cold text, um, um, first book of Kings 17, to my mom, and she texted me back, Am I the widow in this story? I said, yeah, mom, you are. Um, but maybe it's more than that. The learnings that we can take out of it. Maybe it is our waiting, and some of you mentioned that, is part of God's plan. Even though we can't see it. It may not be part of our plan. And we may hate it in the moment, but God is often using those seemingly empty, slow weeks and months to teach us, help us become. And in our example, I think we're safe to say that waiting by the brook saved Elijah's life, right? So those moments of waiting can actually be also life-saving. Secondly, some of you also said that God will take care of us in this time. Despite the challenges, the shortfalls, the uncertainty, the threats even, we are still in God's hands. Just as God took care of Elijah in his SHN, God takes care of us in ours. That doesn't mean that we should stop taking care of ourselves 
not get vaccinated or not try to find that new job, the new relationship, waiting for the right moment to ask them out, right? Um, or whatever we're waiting for. It's a joint effort, but God's got this. God's got us. Thirdly, the waiting will end. I remember when I first shared this text that I got about the Elijah moment. We were having a farewell dinner um, for Clarence, and, uh, um, and I said, oh, I'm in this Elijah moment, na, na, na. And Miak said, oh, why don't you talk about this? And Gary said, oh, but you've been in waiting situations before. What makes this one different? And I said, the difference is I'm in the middle of it, right? So with hindsight, these periods of waiting never seem that bad because we know that they ended. But when you're in the middle of it, it can seem that there is no end in sight. But there is an end to it. No waiting lasts forever. It didn't for Elijah, and it won't for us. And the fourth point that I learned from this message was God has a plan and a task for after. Not just a plan, but also a task. I love that. Can you imagine how Elijah felt when God finally told him where to go? what to do, gave him his new marching orders, go and seek the widow and no, 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 no. Finally, some movement, some BTL. Finally, a chance to travel again and go to another place and continue the journey. And I think that's the beauty of the story. It's also not just opening up, it's also something to do, a new task we will probably feel the same elation, the same joy when we can finally do something, we can finally go somewhere, and we can finally see what's next, what's ahead, and what are we supposed to do. The task that we're waiting to get, according to your answers, the task may not be an easy task, but it'll be better than sitting our hands, waiting, watching Squid Game, doing nothing, right? And maybe we will suddenly find ourselves grown, better equipped to do the new task because limbo has changed us, helped us become. P.S. A few weeks ago, the same friend sent me another text. So him, so what's next for you? Me, I don't know. Still waiting. Sigh. Him, be patient. He waited 30 years. Amen.
Let us prepare ourselves for a time of communion. If you are joining us online, whether it is now or at a later time, now would be a good time to um, prepare the communion elements and join us uh, as we partake together as one body. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So at this table, we recognise no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptised. You only need to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy. Where pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets resurrection, hate meets love. This table, this table is, is at, at the, the intersection, intersection where two lines meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is the table of love, the centre from where love flows. This, this table is, is one of awareness, awakening, awakening of, of forgiveness, forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table, where all are equal and all are free. We ask you to bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant, poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements.
God, bless these simple elements so that they will nourish and strengthen us in body and in spirit. Let us partake of the elements together as one body. May I invite you to stand in body on spirit to join us in the prayer of communion. Lord, Lord make, make us instruments of your peace. Where, where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Daryl, for leading us through the communion. And uh, to all, everyone, uh, once again, good morning. Still good morning. And uh, welcome home once again to all, for those online and on-site. Right, and I would like to thank Yerk for the very encouraging message. I found it deeply encouraging because I have like, uh, I was been sharing with my friends, like, I have pent up frustrations regarding like, I want to go travel. But now I see it in a different way, right? Sometimes it's in the preparation so that we may get more joy even at the end of this waiting, right? And so if you find the message, right, encouraging and lifted your spirits and you know of someone who may benefit from this, um, this message, help us to reach more people by liking our, uh, the video, right? Clicking the like button, subscribing and sharing to your friends. So for those who are uh, new or fairly new with us, right, welcome home and I'd like to invite you, um, those who are relatively new or first time with us, to um, leave us some of your details. All right? Don't worry, PDPA protection. All right? Our pastors are PDPA trained. So your, your details are safe with us. You just need to visit us at fcc.la slash welcome. It is for, for us to understand uh, where you're coming from, to know you better so that we can serve you better. All right? And... If you'd like to get to know uh, us at the newcomers meeting at the ev every last Sunday of a month, all right, there is a newcomers meeting. And if you are interested to join, all right, you can email to us at uh, info at freecomchurch.org or find out more simply by scanning the QR code shown on the screen. So next, we move on to worshipping God, encountering Him and imitating Christ you know, through our, our offering our giving and our sharing. Alright, so there are two ways, you can, uh, a few ways actually you can give to the church and do the mission of our work. Alright, that will be, uh, one, it will be a, to, a, to the general fund that goes on to any expenses or expenses incurred 
that is uh, not, does not pay down to the mortgage of the uh, of the building. The other would be for the building fund, and that is purely to pay down the mortgage of the church, so that we can continue to be a space, an open and inclusive and affirming space, so that all are welcome and all are invited to come and encounter God, and to be part of a community. So you can scan the QR code using a PayNow, all right, your PayNow app, or even a PayLa. If you are giving by credit card and would like to do a, a repeated giving, you can visit freecomchurch.give.asia. So before I invite the stewards to come forward and while we are preparing to give, all right, I'd like to invite all of us to um, say a prayer of thanksgiving. All right. Please join me. Dear God, you are the sower. All right, of good and a giver of good gifts. You are the God who, who is with us in time of abundance and in time of droughts. Fill us, O oh Lord. Send the ravens, your messengers, you know, in, in, in forms that we may not recognize, you know, to bring us hope, bring us blessing, bring us companionship, that may, our hearts may be lifted. Lord, I pray that as we share what we have, the little of, of what we have, you know, turn them into and multiply them so that these gifts and these offerings being shared will greatly bless, you know, the people and this world. God, I seek, you know, your, your grace, your blessings upon your children, each and every one here, all right? so that they, while in waiting, their heart may be encouraged, they do not lose hope, they will be filled with joy and with peace. So Lord, in you, in tr in you we trust. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, may I invite uh, our siblings, the stewards, to come forward to pick, take up the offering of those who may be giving uh, physically. So if you are uh, dropping a cash or check, you may raise up a hand and our stewards will come to you. Alright, thank you very much. Next, we are going to announcements. So we have a few announcements. The first one, last week I made an announcement about our T-Mart project that we are doing delivery. Alright, this week to the T-Mart, to a tea shelter. Alright. Sorry, we missed one. Alright, to the tea shelter. Um, last week when we made the announcement, say we, have, we are you know, slightly above 50% of the uh, items that is to be donated has been adopt, like adopted, right? And uh, people have like booked. And just before the weekend, you know, all the items were fully taken up. All right. So thank you everyone for faithfulness. You know, in, it is a, it is an, an act of love. All right. So really like to thank everyone. You know, for sharing and for being part of building this community, not just within the church, but with other siblings. You know, that in the LGBT community. All right, and to bless them during this season of waiting, and you are—they are ravens. All right, you are really delivering hope to them. So, delivery to the tea shelter. The donors uh, will be delivered by the fifth of November on Friday. Okay, for group buys, group buy donors, you know who you are. All right, uh, Louis and Wendy will contact or email you soon to give you more details. All right, so wow, very lovely, colorful, peace and love, and God bless you. So. 
let's look forward to the next time, right? The next, maybe in a quarter's time, whereby we'll uh, call for another Team Art Drive and continue to support our siblings in the community. Next, in the past two weeks, uh, Pauline have, uh, have briefed us through uh, what we are going to do in preparation for Advent, all right? Advent Anthology. So personally, actually Advent is one of the, and Christmas is one of the most uh, anticipated and highly anticipated for me in the litur liturgical calendar. So this year, we're going to talk about Let Your Life Speak. Every one of us, you know, in the past two weeks, we also mentioned about our life is a gospel. Our life, our very life is a gospel that someone would read. So let your life speak. And we are inviting uh, the cell groups, individuals to come forward, right? To share your life story, your witness, your testimony, right? Of love, peace, hope and joy, alright? Through an activity like such as the Tao, like tiring of Tao and sharing of a story. So for more instruction, you know, something like, oh, really a lot of things, I'm, I'm getting dizzy, right? What do I, what, where do I start? What do I do? You can start by... Firstly, when in doubt, always remember the email, info at freecomchurch.org. Second one, alright, of course more um, you know, personalised and more targeted in the customer journey. Huh? fcc.la slash live dash speak. Alright, fcc.la slash live dash speak. Or simply by visiting the, the same site by scanning the QR code and you will receive the information and documents you need to get this journey started. Moving to a glorious advent. Right. Next, are you looking for a cell group? Some of you may have like come to a church right for a few times. You know, you are like, hmm, I feel comfortable here, but I have nowhere to start. Maybe you have just completed SEED. SEED is actually our uh, newcomers introduction program whereby people come together, all newcomers come together to form a newcomers community, you know, to build friendships. But that is also time-bound. After four sessions, then you say, what next? I feel like a wandering soul. Right? I need a home group. I need to deepen my friendship. So if you are someone who is looking to deepen your friendship or your journey into this community, please join us. You know, like, please sign up for Sprout. Sprout is also a time-bound, a six-month time-bound cell group. Right? Where we can, you can, you know, some people worry, hey, I invest time going inside, but may not be right for me. You feel scared in terms of commitment. So don't be afraid of this. This is a time-bound cell group, so Sprout is a time-bound cell group that we are opening up, and call, uh, opening up and calling for people to join. If you are interested, please register at info at freecomchurch.org. When, when is it going to start? It's going to start when we have enough, when we have enough people forming one or two groups. All right? So don't worry, don't, don't need to wait anymore. All right? So sign up today if you have not uh, joined a cell group. So last but not least, right? At the end of this worship, uh, this Sunday's worship, we come to a time of benediction. So over, the, over to you, Pauline. Can I invite you to stand if you are able and willing uh, to receive benediction? God, we confess that waiting is hard. But Lord, we are reminded that you are with us and you provide for us every step of the way. And at the end, that you have something in store for the way ahead. So now go, and may God's presence and promises hold you close in the season of waiting, so that we might know what to do and where to go at the moments where God sends us. 
So go, and God's peace and shalom go with you, now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our service this morning. I uh, just want to wish you God's blessings as you go into the week ahead. Have a blessed week.